This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Talked about this a little bit yesterday, but I want to run down again because I don't think I got to all of them. Uh, the 2023 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees are... Uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame announced their class of 2023 yesterday. There are 13. See, we did not get to all 13, and that's why I wanted to get these on. Um, in the performance category, we have Kate Bush, Cheryl Crow. Now, these are people who actually were, or they were announced. They won. They're not just nominated. They did win. It's right? the class. It's being inducted. It is yes. the class. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but 13 of them. We have Kate Bush. We have Cheryl Crow. We have Missy Elliott. George Michael, Willie Nelson, Rage Against the Machine, and The Spinners. Chaka Khan is being recognized, but for the Musical Excellence Award. The same uh, with Elton John collaborator Bernie Taupin and songwriter Al Cooper. God, I haven't seen that name in years. DJ Cool Herc. I thought that was your name. You can call me that. I can call you DJ Cool Herc. Anytime. Okay, thank you. Uh, we'll receive the Musical Influence Award. He uh, developed uh, hip-hop music, which is celebrating its 50th anniversary. I thought it was Mike Gelfand that invented hip-hop. <laughs> That's what I had always heard. I, am I wrong about that? I thought for sure that Gelfand was the guy. That it, didn't you invent uh, hip-hop? No, I actually invented hip-hurt. <laughs> <laughs> it's still hurting to this day? Always. Always, ladies and gentlemen. Ah, oh, see, this is very, very sweet. You got DJ Cool Herc, as we said, will receive the Musical Influence Award. He helped uh, hip-hop. Uh, guitarist Link Ray, that's going back a ways, also received the Musical Influence Award. Ahmet Erdogan Award will go to Soul Train creator Don Cornelius, who's no longer with us. I believe Don died, didn't he? I, I believe he did, yes. I think he did, yeah. The ceremony will take place November 3rd at Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. So, um, oh, and then they throw in, and they identify it as... A stupid one-liner. What? I don't know what that means. What is that? A stupid one-liner. It says, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame class of 2023 was announced yesterday, and all I can say is, better luck next year, flock of seagulls. A little negative. Yeah. Well, do you consider that to be a joke? I don't know. You see what I'm saying? I don't know if I... Yeah, I'm not going with that. You got to remember, there's a writer's strike. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's right. I forgot the writer <laughs> strike is going on. Well, that started, what, three days ago? Yeah. And that's going to go on for quite some time, they said. Uh, probably. I'm, you know, it's, they, they strike every few years, don't they? Yeah, they do. But it's, I guess the, the money is just rolling in, so they want their cut of the money that's rolling in, I well, guess. Yeah, well, they're pretty important. Uh, you know, like the late night shows, mm-hmm. they could not exist without the writers. Oh, God, no. There's no way. And a matter of fact, that goes all the way back to Sid Caesar. Yeah, that's he used right. To, he used to talk about that very thing. It's like this show wouldn't be nothing without the writers. So. Jackie Gleason. Jackie Gleason, another example. No, you're absolutely right. So we shall see. Anybody in there that you heard that you didn't want to see in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I mean, I don't really care. Missy Elliott. You didn't think she, she shouldn't have been in there? No, no. You don't have the back catalog that some of these other, <laughs> and especially when guys like Ozzy's not in there. Sammy Hagar is really? not in there. Boston's not in there. Bad Company's not in there. Like, really? there's, there's some other people that we should probably be putting in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame before Missy Elliott. Now that I don't like Missy Elliott, obviously we all know that Brit is a huge fan. You're fucking fucking fan when you have Kurt. Yeah, she is. But I'm saying that she probably just doesn't deserve to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. No, I, I did. and you have every right to have that opinion because, as you said, many people haven't made it in yet. Mm-hmm. 
right? Yeah. So, yeah, I understand you're taking that position. Miss, I don't know much about Missy Elliott. She's, what kind of, she's not, she doesn't do rap, does she? Yeah. Well, oh, is it rap? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I've heard her name before, but I don't know her music at all. I got no idea what the hell I'm doing in that market, but I don't know. A rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I guess, uh, well, the old show I know is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Did you know that? What's that? The KQ Morning Show is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Really? Yeah, when we were all on there. Oh, you didn't know that? I got to get my Wikipedia page updated. <laughs> yeah, you really do, man. That's You're all in I the rock and roll hall of my career. You know? you know, that's the thing. You got to look back on that show. We're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because of that show. Uh-huh. We're in the uh, what's the big? Uh, uh, oh God, I can't think of the name of the day. Smithsonian. We're in there. Oh well, I don't know We're if you want to be in the Smithsonian. You don't want to be in there because <laughs> that, you have to be dead. Well, it, it helps to be dead. Yeah, yeah. It does help to be dead. That's true. <laughs> It gives you a big advantage. No, it's the November 11th thing. The, the audio from November 11th, they put oh, that in the Smithsonian. Yeah. That's right. That's true. So, And look at the good it's done to all of us. Look how it's improved our life to be in all these halls of fame. Yeah, I, I, if, I, I'm sorry, but if, if I can't monetize it, what difference does it make? You should run for president. <laughs> if I can't monetize it, why would I bother to do exactly. it? Exactly. <laughs> I get this from my, uh, my political leaders who... Who are such great role models. Oh, my God. I, we were just talking about that before the show. We're not spending a lot of time talking politics and all the rest of it, but this must be one of the worst crowds of all time. I'm sorry, but it's just, oh, my God. The, they don't even cover up the muddy grubbing anymore. No. And I'm talking about from a city to a state to a federal level. They don't even try to hide their greed anymore. They do not. You're right. <clears throat> okay, I have to issue a warning to you and Judd. Both of you are being warned. Do not bring up the ins toy to me today. That's all I'm saying. Hey, you got a three-game lead. Oh, my God. How do you lose to the Chicago White Sox two days in a row? Well. Judd, this is your fault. I'm blaming you. How, how is it my fault? <laughs> how am I responsible for this? How am I re- That game last night was horrible. You know, I went this morning and did a little numbers crunching on your guy, Griffin Jacks, Tom Bernard. Oh. I know that we were exchanging texts last night about the uh, yes. struggling reliever. First oh. nine games of this season, eight and a third innings, two earned runs, which is a 2.16, very respectable ERA. Sure, sure. The last six games, five and two-thirds innings, four earned runs, a not-so-respectable 635 ERA. 635, and you put him in a game that's on the line. Hey, it's May. Yeah. It's, it's time for the bullpen to collapse. Well, that's very good. That's a good argument. It used to take until, like, July. <laughs> it did, but now it's May. Where's Ron Davis, you guys? That's, yeah. the, that's the only question. Where's R.D. to come in and really blow this thing up? R.D. Did one of the be- pulled one of the best tricks on me ever. That prick. No, yeah, he wasn't a prick. He was a very nice guy, but I was doing batting practice with the Twins many, this is like 30 years ago, something like that, mm-hmm. maybe even longer than that. That's a death wish. That was a death wish, but Ron Davis uh, threw some pitches to me, and he threw a pitch that was coming right at my head, and it was moving, mm-hmm. so I literally bailed out. Pitch ended up about three feet outside. <laughs> God, that thing broke. It would have never come anywhere near me had I just stood there. You know, now, now they have the sweepers. That sounds like the sweeper. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, it, I think that's what it was. used to be a slider, right? but now it's a sweeper. Now it's, why is it a sweeper now? I, 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 because pitchers, it's one of the many pitches that pitchers have now uh, mutated. 
Oh, uh, yeah. You know, and that's one reason why there's so many pitchers, I think, even more than ever being injured now. You know, they throw the ball 100 miles an hour, but they also do all these funky things, which take a terrible toll on their shoulder and, and, right. and their, you know, and their, and their, like, wrist and their elbow. So, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this is, we, we're just seeing the very start of it now. I suppose. Do you think... Well, Judd and Mike, I'm asking, well, I'm asking everybody here, as a matter of fact, what their opinion of this is. Um, can, I always call him Rocco Altabelli. I know that's not his name. But I, I do, too. I Joe always call Altabe- him. Yeah, I like it. Rocco Altabelli used to be a hair cutter yes. in the Twin Cities. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> a Rocco, what the hell is Baldelli? Isn't it Rocco Baldelli? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, how much longer can we go with him placing this very lame middle bullpen? I, and maybe he doesn't have any choices, but can you start blaming some of this on him? I think you you can blame some, but again, the thing about this now is it is such a, and I hate this word at times, it's good at times too, but collaboration, collaborative, yeah. right? Like they sit down and talk about who's going to pitch. And at times it sounds like they've talked about, you know, is the starter – is our goal to get five or six. So, but I do think that you have to improve this portion of the bullpen because the starters are so damn good. It's not fair or that they have been, it's only may, but they have been so, so far and the back of the bullpen, you know, to close games out is good, but Griffin Jacks and Pagan, I mean, it just feels like they, they need something else. As for the sweeper stretch, um, can we quit inventing new words for pitches? Like like baseball. This this is the Harvard this this is what's happened. The analytics, you know, and all of that. These people they're desperately trying to put their mark, you know, it, oh, it's yeah. the sweeper. Bleep off. Yeah, it, you're absolutely right. It's you know, it's these MIT dropouts who are uh, sitting in someone's basement coming up with new analytics, which are nothing more than just a twist on Things we've all already all all known for for decades, but they put different words on it, and uh, then it becomes important. But I don't know. I mean, you know, I guess there, I guess there must be an analytics hall of fame for these people. But uh, you're right. It's 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 tiresome. And of course, the thing is, the announcers, you know, they look on. They they've got their app there. So if the app says sweeper, they say oh, it's a sweeper. Yeah. That's one yeah. thing I like sure. about Grandpa. You know, Grandpa Bremer. Grandpa Bremer. That's a first for me right there. Grandpa Bremer doesn't even he doesn't even bother to look at the at the screen to see to, to see the view from center field. So he'll say, and it's an outside fastball for ball two. Usually if he says it's an outside fastball, it's an inside curveball. <laughs> Why is that? Because he's he's sitting 300 feet over home plate, yeah, and he, he refuses to look at the angle that we all see. <laughs> That's true, isn't it? Yeah. That probably is true. <laughs> he's is. such a That's nice guy. You like Dick, don't you? Well, I, I don't know him, but that's why I Wait call him Wait a minute, that didn't sound good. You like Dick, don't you, Mike? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh boy. that came out wrong. It really did. Yes. How long do you think we'd hear that one in the old days? <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be played. So, Rudy, you wouldn't do that to Mike, would you? <laughs> and he has a giant penis. <laughs> oh, so he goes after me. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Great to, great to see all of you. That's all I have to say. Oh, man. 
So I don't know. I, I look. I love the Twins. They still have that three-game lead, so they held on to that lead last yeah. night. Only division that they could be in first place. Oh, you got that right. And you know, there's nobody else in the division who's close to 500. No, they're terrible. Yeah, it's an awful division. We should be about Cleveland 10 lost games again. Up. Yeah, yeah, Cleveland lost again. The Guardians are nowhere near. Yeah, they lost in ten innings to the Yankees. I don't like that second base thing, Mike. I just don't like. Let's play baseball. You don't give them second base at the in the tenth inning. Yeah, I think it served its purpose, and now we can go back to baseball. That would be good. I would like that a lot. As a matter of fact, I was trying to explain because Catherine brought it up. Trying to explain to a couple of members of my family why the bases are bigger now than they used to be, and they make it easier, even though it's a I think a five or six inch difference, three yeah. inches on both ends. I guess the speed of players now is to the point that. They can almost all steal a base now. Well, especially because the pitcher can't throw over there more than, more than know, twice. Yep, more than twice. But really, that means more than once. Yeah, that's true. Because if you throw tw- if you throw the second time, then they're going to steal after that. Yeah, they're going to take off. Yes. So you got one shot. No, you do. You're absolutely right about that. I, I do. You like the fact that the bases are bigger now? I I don't. I mean, I I don't see much difference there. I don't know. What do you, What about you, Judd? Um, I don't mind it, but it, as we talked about on uh, on Wednesday, Tom, could the Twins please steal bases now? Because everybody yeah. else well, has started, started stealing to now. bases. All of a sudden, a Buxton stole a base the other day. He's obviously second because he's never stolen third. Was it yesterday he stole second? I think he might have a couple stolen bases now, and he didn't have one until Tuesday. But, yeah. you know, you, it's okay now. It feels like it's it um, has been... Uh, teams have been give, given the green light to actually bunt again, too. Yeah. To advance, guys. People aren't going nuts now. We actually see. I like that stuff. You know why? Because when the ball's in play, it's just more fun. Yeah. Well, that was what what the major leagues wanted to do anyway, was get, get the ball and play more. But it's going to be tough when you have, typically you have like 17 strikeouts in a game. I think I think that's about the average. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's when you got 17 strikeouts in a game. It's going to be a very boring game. Yeah, and we somehow became in love with, and I'm not quite sure why, we became in love with the notion that if, if you hit, you know, five home runs a game, mm. that's great baseball. Yeah. Home runs are fine, but I've never, I'm not sure about you, I've never thought that home runs were like the be-all, end-all of the sport. Like, if we don't have a bunch of home runs, it's boring. Because, yeah, the strikeouts are absolutely, to me, had gotten ridiculous. And what becomes fun after a while about seeing, you know, Ryan Jeffers strike out for the third time in a game? Yeah, and the home run thing was, it became too much of a good thing. Because the reason that home runs used to be so exciting is because they were not that typical. We didn't, but now, now you've got the you know the what they what they call the 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 three the three outcomes. The three true outcomes. Three yeah, true that's outcomes. a great one. Yeah. yeah. So yep. you strike out, you hit a home run. Uh, let's see, <laughs> what's the third again? Uh, it's a it's strikeout, home run, and. Uh, I forget. The I think I, I don't even care. It's one of the yeah. dumbest things I've heard. Less strikeout stretch. You, you, you get canceled by kicking the ref in the nuts. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say um, hit by pitch in baseball. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 That's a pretty exciting one, too. Uh, yeah. it's and, and that's But, you know, Rudy brings out a good point because 
there, sports are becoming even basketball now. I'm watching basketball. It's the playoffs finally, and mm-hmm. and that sport is becoming so violent that it's really it's it's probably worse than football because players are not wearing anything to protect themselves. So so you know a player we saw this last week, Draymond Green. He uh, he's lying on the ground next to a, next to a, a, an opponent. Gets up and he stomps on the guy's chest, and he's suspended for one day. And then Draymond Green, who by, by the way is clinically insane. Sure. I, I, I mean, you've seen the guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's just he's out of his head, and and he should you know he should he should have been ejected. He should have been suspended for weeks and weeks. He was ejected, but you know. But then the whole team complained. How could they eject him just for stomping on a man's chest? <laughs> well, they they tried to claim that that the guy from the Kings had like held his foot, and so that that should be licensed to stomp on a man's chest, which I still think is a little bit flawed. By the way, <laughs> the three true outcomes: home run, a walk. I was going to say walk or yeah. strikeout. The reason I didn't say walk the... because it seems so non. It just—it just seems so, so, uh, I guess unimportant. Uh, but but that's that's it, and that is not exciting. That game is not exciting. Correct. So hopefully they'll start putting the ball in play a little more. But we talked about this, uh, you know, uh, a couple weeks ago, two or three weeks ago. They—I think they got to move the mound back because pitchers are going to just keep throwing the ball. More than 100 miles an hour. It used to be, will anyone ever throw the ball 100 miles an hour? Now it's like, will anyone ever throw the ball 110 miles an hour? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> You're right about that, man. How the hell can you hit a ball moving that fast? I, I have no idea. I think, I think the thing, though, is the, these guys are so good that if it's moving fast, like a fastball, straight line, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think these guys can hit it. The issue is when they can move it. When they can now sweep it, that's the problem. Yeah. yeah. But I saw a quote. I saw a quote once. Was it? At, I think it was Eddie Matthews of the Braves years ago had, had a quote that if a pitcher stands on the mound and shoots a gun, shoots a bullet, mm-hmm. I can hit the bullet if it doesn't move. Like eventually, <laughs> I can time the bullet. Yeah. B- but what you can't do is if it's curveball, and now it starts to move a bit, and you're not expecting it, that becomes the, the problem. So if the mound goes back, Mike. Do we have more pitchers' injuries, arm problems, or do we have less? Do you think? Yeah, I mean that's that's you're right because their response might be to try to throw it harder, try to sweep the ball more sweepier, and but you know what? That's their problem <laughs> because the game is made for customers. So from our stand, yeah, from our point. vantage point, I, we just want to see the ball put in play. You know what? You, you, what it's an interesting uh, Eddie Matthews approach, and I, of course, I'm old enough to. And I know Tom, you've seen him. You saw him play a fair yep, amount. absolutely for uh, for uh, Milwaukee. And uh, but the thing about the thing about that is, if if that's true, then Eddie Matthews or someone who can has that same talent should be in uh, should be in uh, Chicago right now. Giving out bats to gang members. Yeah, it really should. I mean, why not? Cut down on a lot of deaths there. Or you can take the Jose Miranda approach, which is that you just swing at every pitch that's that's two feet above you, <laughs> and not swing at any pitch that's right down the middle oh. of the plate. You've been going after him for a while. I love that. Well, he can't play third base. No. And he's not. He doesn't know what to do with the ball when he gets it. 
He has a hitch in his swing, and this is a guy who would be very lucky to hit 210 when the, when the season's over. You know, it's interesting. I, I brought this up to Judd, I think, last week or early this week. I can't remember, but I, I just uh, – there are a lot of these guys now dropping baseballs. I don't – you know, I understand that the ball's got a lot of spin on already. There have been a lot of drop balls across baseball this season. I don't understand why would that be. Cold to a certain point so oh, far? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Did, by the way, did, did you guys see what the uh, Tampa Bay Rays shortstop did last night? No. So they're, I think they're playing the Pirates. Uh, I don't know who the runner was, but the guy who hit the ball to shortstop was clearly not fast. And um, I think his name is Wander Franco, who's Wander a Franco, yeah. nice young player for mm-hmm. the Rays. Yeah. He decided he fielded the ball, and then he flipped it up in the air, <laughs> caught the ball, and then threw to first. I like really? Little so he basically did a touchdown celebration with, with a ground ball before throwing out the guy at first base. And now the baseball purists are up in arms this morning. Really? Yes. They're very upset. Oh, come on. You got. I mean, yeah, because that's baseball. And, you know, the old expression, you know, there's no crying in baseball. It really, that that... The expression should be there's no entertaining in baseball. Yeah, I was going to say, that's how boring the game is when a guy flips a ball and they're like, stop having fun. Stop it. <laughs> well, go you to guys your room. have been around it. Mike and Tom, my God, I mean, go, going back, there was how, how many things in the 70s into the 80s were sacrilege against baseball? You know, if you dared to do this or oh, dared to, yeah. oh, you know, yeah. a oh. bat flip, sure. a bat flip was the end of the world. And then we have the unwritten rules. Yes. Which the twins are very fond of. Unwritten rules? Unwritten rules, yeah. Like number one being? Well, like, like for example, if you are ahead by six runs, you can't bunt. <laughs> no can't? No. no. Why not? It's an unwritten rule. Okay. It's well, true. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, and do. it goes back. Remember Pete Rose, when he, when he had his, what, what did he have, like a 42-game uh, streak? When he hit mm-hmm. the ball, he, when he uh, got he he got hits mm-hmm. in forty two straight games, and then it ended uh, when uh, he struck out on a curveball, and he complained bitterly. He said, "That's you know, that's just that's just awful to throw me a curveball when I've got a streak." <laughs> <laughs> a real man would have thrown me a fastball. There you go. A real you're not a real man because nope. you threw me a curveball. Yeah. Gene Garber. Gene Garber had the audacity to throw him a curveball. Yeah. I remember that because he was all pissed. It's like, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, well, we got to take a quick break here. Be right back in just a couple minutes. Tom Bernard Show. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. Listen live at TomBernardShow.com or on the Tom Bernard Show app. Tom Bernard here. You might not know this about me and about my family, but we're kind of Nissan strong. I say that because I own a Nissan Altima from Walzer Nissan, and I love it. My son Andy owns a Nissan Rogue Sport from Walzer Nissan, and my daughter-in-law Melissa, yep, you guessed it, drives a Nissan Kicks and carts grandson Ethan safely around town, also purchased at Walzer Nissan. You want to know who else is Nissan strong in the Twin Cities? Walzer Nissan and their trifecta of stores. Down south, GM Dan Resch at Walzer Nissan in Burnsville. West of the Metro, just off Highway 12 and Wyzetta Boulevard, is Casey Novotny's Walzer Nissan Wyzetta. And in Coon Rapids, 
Rapids, north side of Highway 10 and Round Lake Boulevard. Jay Buck runs the show at his Nissan store. This month, you can test drive the all-new affordable Nissan Aria, all-new electric crossover SUV at all three Nissan stores. When you do, don't forget to let them know the Tom Bernard family sent you Nissan Strong and Loyal Like Me and my family. Even if you're just Nissan curious, go to walzer.com and select the Walzer Nissan store nearest you. What can Hubbard Interactive do for your business? Let's take a listen and find out what they did for one local company, Steve the Window Guy. I'm Sally and I'm a digital brand strategist here at Hubbard Interactive. We met with Melissa from Steve the Window Guy and she was looking for help with their video advertising strategy. So we helped build a comprehensive plan for streaming TV and YouTube ads. And Melissa, tell us how it's been getting your message out with help from Hubbard Interactive. I've been working with them for five years and what I've learned is that they have both the experience and the depth inside their team to help me solve any creative marketing challenge that I've got. So over the years, I've moved from radio ads to streaming TV to YouTube ads, and now we're moving towards SEO. And I'm loving the results that I'm seeing. Is there anything else you want business owners out there to know about Hubbard Interactive? I am so grateful for the entire team at Hubbard Interactive for effortlessly understanding our business and our marketing vision, and then always delivering only the best results. To find out how our experts can help your business grow, get in touch today at HubbardInteractive.com. All right, Judge. So guys like myself get a little longer in the tooth. We get up there, get that spare tire around the midsection. A lot of us just leave it, but you did something about it. What was that? that that's right. I w- went to my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers for help there because you know what? I realized that the battle against the bulge was more than I could handle myself. And what they've done too. So more than a year ago now, I dropped 40 pounds, but the most important thing is they have they have helped me keep that weight off. And that's the most important thing. We're talking about weight control here. We're talking about a program that works personalized and guided support from their team of experts. So get summer ready right now and have they got a deal for you three months for free. That's right. The first three months for free, 855-GO-LIVIA, Livia, L-I-V-E-A.com. That is the start of your journey towards weight loss and feeling and looking great for summer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, 922 now, 22 minutes after 9 o'clock. It's going to be a beautiful day today, 72 degrees, you know, sunny and 72. It's already sunny and 60. Yeah. So that's not no, bad. There's no gale out there today. No gale. We like the no gale. Uh, I just want to take a very quick break from sports because I just saw a headline in the Star Tribune that I couldn't agree with more. Neil Justin, whom I've known for several years, written, written some very negative articles about me, some very positive articles. Neil tends to be very honest, I think. You know, he has his beliefs and he has his views. So I've always gotten along with Neil. You know, like I said, he attacked, he attacked me when I deserved it. Let me put it that way. What do you think? 
I, I didn't know you you ever deserved it, but... I didn't either, but I just a, thought... This I is a new sort of uh, masochism we're experiencing. That maybe that's what it is. <laughs> but he uh, wrote an article today, and I just wanted to bring this article up because I have never understood, and Rudy, you're going to have to be a, a big part of this. Sure. I have never, ever understood why anyone thinks Pete Davidson is funny. I agree. I just, he's not funny it, at all. Not funny. Uh, he's got like, he's got obviously the BDE, Shannon. Uh, you got to look on your face, Shannon. Like, <laughs> yeah. Now you're a fan, obviously, right? Are you a yeah, fan? Yeah, I like Pete Davidson. Do you? What is it about him? I don't know. He's kind of self-deprecating. He, oh, he is? Yeah. Well, he's got a lot to deprecate. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah there you That's go. Fair. Uh, I know because I, I identify with that. <laughs> There's an article by Neil Justin in this morning Star Tribune. What's so funny about Pete Davidson? You scroll all the way. He talks about it all the way at the bottom. It says overall Bupkis, which is his new TV show. Apparently, Pete oh, Davidson yeah. mm-hmm. talking about his life yeah. or whatever. You know, yeah, and that's Peacock. just appropriating my people's ethnicity. <laughs> that was he's, he's, well, he's a, Jewing it up. That's a Yiddish word. <clears throat> oh, Bupkis, absolutely, yeah. it is. No, Means yeah, you how know. dare he do that? Mike, how dare he exactly. do that? Well, look, we're, we're getting used to it. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, like the, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, where 80% yep. of the cast is not only non-Jewish, but like a lot of them are Arabs, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mike, now you're making that up. That's going too far. <laughs> it really is going too far. But I used to remember as a little kid, ah, kid, you don't know Bupkis. I yeah. used to hear that mm-hmm. all the time. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Well, definitely. But uh, overall, Bupkis reminded me of Davidson six years on SNL. He never created a memorable character during that tour of duty, but got a lot of mileage out of weekend update commentaries, in which he reflected on his tabloid exploits and shortcomings. He was obsessed with admitting that he hasn't lived up to his potential. Fans may find that brand of sheepish humor enlightening, even sexy. I find it annoying. So Neil Justin, not exactly a fan. And it's got one comment so far. There's only one comment well, so far. They must have just posted it. Huh? They, I think they just posted it. Prowler reports, never been anything funny about Pete Davidson. So I'm glad I would at least know two people who agree. I just don't get why anyone thinks he's funny. Well, Pete I Davidson. I think younger people like him. Yeah. I, I, I think he is, I think he is somewhat, and, and I'm not comparing these two at all, but I think he is somewhat till the 2020s what Sandler was to the 90s. I, I think yeah, there were a lot of people who probably were like, what's funny about this guy? But I think it's the shtick. And the other thing that Pete Davidson is a genius at is keeping his name in the, in oh, the yeah. columns. Yeah. yeah. People love that stuff. I mean, you guys, Paris Hilton, for how long? Like a 10-year period, Paris Hilton was a big deal because she was a part of the Hilton family mm-hmm. and because she was partying every night. So I think what... I think what young people like at a certain time isn't necessarily what we think is worth a damn. Well, Pete Davidson <clears throat> should just do what Paris Hilton did to become famous, right? Mm-hmm. Just, you know, do a porn film and then just make sure it gets on the Internet. That's, I think that's how her career started. It yeah. is how it started. Yeah. So, and, but, but I also think that Pete Davidson and, and Paris Hilton were a thing for like a— Oh, were they really? 36 hours or oh, something. Oh, I didn't know that. How he lasted 36 hours, I don't know. Isn't he packing major heat? That's, <laughs> that's what somebody the story, said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the story. That's the rumor. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I can, I can honestly say, uh, not firsthand, but secondhand, a good friend of mine uh, dated him for a few years in New York. And oh, I said, yeah. yeah and, and, of course, he always downplays it. Like, it's not as big as what people say it is. And she's like, oh, trust me, it's bigger than what he says it is, for sure. Really? 
really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, there, there you is. go. Packing heat. Rudy mm-hmm. with the scoop. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, the dick uh-huh. scoop. Yeah. yeah, there you go. So he's, he's as big but not as funny as Milton Burrow. Oh, that's exactly right. <laughs> totally right, yes. Remember that? Milton Burrow's great line about that? What was that? One of the greatest lines. He goes on the Johnny Carson show when it was live back in the days. And he goes on, and Johnny finally, he said Ed McMahon tried to talk him out of it, but he finally said, Milton, I'm going to have to do, ask you to do something for me right here on camera. I've always heard you have a very large penis, and I'd like you to, to show it to everyone. Because I bet you it's nowhere near as big as we hear that it is. I mean, we've heard that it's over a foot long, and I just cannot believe that. Wow. And Milton Berle said, well, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, you called me out on this, but I'm telling you something, I'm only taking out enough to win. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. It's a good joke. What a great line. <laughs> you ain't going to see it all, pal, just enough. Yeah, I don't know. I, and look, you like who you like, and I'm not saying if you think Pete Davidson is funny that you're an idiot. That's not what I'm saying. I just don't get it. I have never understood why anyone thinks this man is funny or interesting in the least. I will say his very emotional, heartfelt stuff is very interesting. Because if you don't know his backstory, oh, his dad died in 9-11. Right, he did. He's a yeah. firefighter, right? And he did a movie called The King of Long Island. It stars Bill Burr, who destroys in that movie. He's so good in it. But it tells the backstory about losing his dad. And in it, when he gets to the real emotional parts, you're like, oh, I, I see why you have all the tattoos and you have the insecurities. That oh, you really? Because, really? yeah, because that was a tough upbringing, losing your dad. When he gets... You and I did. What the hell is the difference? Yeah, but I think once he kind of gets past that young age and he gets into like his upper 30s and 40s, I think if we can see the real Pete Davidson and not this facade of, you know, who he wants people to think that he is, I think he'll be funny then. Who was the last funny person on Saturday Night Live? Uh, Bill Hader. It's been a while. I don't know. I'm a huge fan of Cecily Strong. Yeah. I don't know her. She's, very funny. She's very good. She's she's the uh, non Kate McKinnon. Oh, yeah. Kate McKinnon. She she just left, little... right? Yeah, she Strong. just left. Yeah, so we won't be able to see her mugging and trying to steal every scene from now on. Well, there is that, and and shoving her politics down your throat. Eh, well. Well, she did. There's yeah. no question. Sat and played the piano and wept. I'm like, settle down. I know. I just, it, it, you, after we talked about Pete Davidson, then you're talking about shoving something down people's throats. <laughs> <laughs> I stepped out of line, yeah. Mike. I'm sorry. So, yeah. You're right. I was way out of line. <laughs> you do have to admit, the Kate McKinnon alien bits when the FBI <laughs> is talking to them and they're in, uh, talking about like, oh, no, no, I had a great time with the aliens. The aliens served us tea and they asked about my life and Kate McKinnon's like, I had probes coming in and every out a hole every uh, hole in my body those were some of the best bits that SNL has done in the last probably 5 years really? well she's yeah. she, it's not that she's not talented it's just that she just wants every scene to be hers and it just gets to be tiresome maybe you know i i i was never any good but i did go through a period where i did stage comedy and you know i did that kind of skit comedy right and i know what it's like to be on stage with someone who just steals everything, just sucks oh, yeah. everything oh, yeah. out of you, you know, and I hate that. I understand that completely. I just, I, what I like about this is different generations, different viewpoints, different upbringings, all the rest of it. Now tell us, Shannon, why do you think he's funny? I mean, you're, you're a lot younger than the rest of us. I don't think, 
like I've seen his stand up and I don't really think it's particularly funny. I just like his personality kind of. Oh, you do. And I did like the King of Staten Island too. So you so. didn't think he's funny. You just think he's I didn't he's think his stand up was that great, but his stand up's terrible actually. Yeah. <laughs> and he no, was, lost his mind at the Varsity Theater here in Minneapolis. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, like turned on the crowd, screamed. Why? At, oh yeah, cuz I don't know cuz they weren't digging him. Yeah, oh yeah, no, that was uh when was th- this? 3 years ago maybe. Wow. Yeah, this was right before the him starting to date Kim Kardashian. God. Yeah. That's how what you. World. That's how you 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 figure out like when he did something, <laughs> who he was dating, who, with. Yeah. Yeah. who he was having sex with. <laughs> I don't know. God, like I said, I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you if you think he's funny, you're an idiot. If you think he's funny, yeah. good for you. I'm happy for you. I just don't understand. I just have not thought Saturday Night Live. Like I said, the Coneheads was the, f- the first for me. I'm goodbye. Yeah, that was the lamest bit I have ever seen in my entire life, and it kind of drove me away from Saturday Night Live. Well, the show always was pretty good if it had one or two bits that were really funny. Yeah, it was. And that's why you know that's why everything was stacked from the start to the finish. So yeah, the it first was. two things were usually the funniest, and then it went downhill after that. Were they ever going to get past the Ackroyds and Belushi's of the world, though? Are they ever going to compare to those people? Yeah, it's tough to it's tough, especially with Belushi. Yeah, you know, and uh, it's just it's just hard to top that. Yeah, it, it created expectations that they couldn't really match again. What I love is you got Dan Aykroyd producing all these things, starring all these things, and his whole family has this. Don't they have this like like psychic alien network or something they set up? <laughs> is that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's why he named his vodka like. Isn't his vodka? It's a big alien head. I think it yeah. is. Yeah, mm-hmm. I yeah. think that's right. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, his family's huge into that alien psychic deal. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> why, did, why, why did the first cast leave at the same time? Is the one thing I've never, I haven't re- read about, and I still don't know. Like almost everyone from that first cast, which was, you know, obviously brilliant. Yeah, it was. If you recall, they got they literally were replaced or or they just all left instead of like, you know, a couple people here and there. I've never gotten that because that was such a harsh transition from that group yeah. which was just fabulous to and and I mean, it's not that the second group was terrible, but there, it was not the same. It was not even close. Yeah. No, no it's basically true. And and it's also true I think that although they were often very funny um, they they were never they were never the funniest skit comedy show on TV. Oh God, no! The Bees was the lamest thing I've ever seen. What was it called again? It wasn't just the Bees. What was it called? I don't know. When John Belushi dressed up as a bumblebee, yeah. yeah, in the big oh, bee suit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. But you know, I mean, <clears throat> you go back and you look at great, great. Uh, Great comedy actors and actresses. They don't call them actresses anymore. Just, no. Everybody's an actor. Everybody's but, an actor. But, yeah. but, you know, you look back to, uh, say, John Candy. Yeah. Oh, so, SCTV, Mike? SCTV. Loved it. Tom, unbelievable. Loved it. Yeah, and so they had John Candy. <laughs> Saturday Night Live had uh, Live had, had Farley, okay? Yes. Farley was funny. He was. Candy yeah. just knocked it out of the park. Every he was time. amazing. And you know what? Eugene Levy. Levy is what I was going to mm-hmm. say next. Yeah. Mel's Rock Pile. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, oh. I just love Mel's Rock Pile. Joe so Flaherty. <laughs> yeah, Flaherty. The Count. Yeah. The Count. Jeez. Candy do- doing the, the 3D House of Pancakes. Phenomenal. Oh. 
do you want some more pancakes? And he would take them and put them towards the camera like it was 3D. The stuff that they did was still, I mean, to this day, it would be great. It, yeah. Fantastic. Did you ever hear the story about uh, why he decided to get into, like, become a full-time actor, John Candy? No. He was working at an appliance store, and there was a, he sold a toaster to a guy. And then the guy returned the toaster, and John didn't try to resell him a toaster. And the guy who owned the store was angry at John for not being a good sales guy. And as he was yelling at him, he said, you know what? I should have known better than to hire an actor. And John Candy goes, what? He goes, an actor. I should have never hired an actor. And John's like, did, did you just call me an actor? He's like, he's like, well, that's what you are, aren't you? And John's like, yeah. Why am I here? Oh, my God, you're so right. And he left the store, and the rest is history. Yeah. God, that, what was the name of that scary show on there again? I know oh, you had uh, yeah, I Count, Count Floyd, but there was also the yeah. kids are real scary I can picture the, ma- the makeup, the black yes. makeup, yeah. God, it was, that show was hilarious. Yeah. How about the uh, Bob Hope golf tournament? The Bob Hope golf <laughs> <laughs> Tell them about it, Mike. I, I, I just remember, who was it who did Bob Hope? Was it Flaherty who did Bob Hope? I think it was. I think you're right about that. Whoever it was, he had Bob Hope down perfectly. Just hilarious. And that was half of it. But the other thing is, of course, you know, Bob Hope was someone who always desperately needed to be mocked. Yeah, that's true. But he rarely was. I interviewed, I interviewed this is a digression. When I was 18, I interviewed Bob Hope. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I started saying things to him like, well, Bob, um, you know, on those, uh, on those uh, shows you do uh, overseas with the troops, how much money do you make per show? Oh, he didn't like that. And so eventually he called me a communist. Yes, of course he did. <laughs> which well, I, he was right about well, that. Well, absolutely. You know, it's a given. And, it, you know, of course that, that made the peace, right? You know, so it was like... <laughs> <laughs> You were you were eighteen and basically challenged Bob Hope. I love this. Oh story. yeah, yeah. I said, "How much Good money are you, you making?" He said, "I know where I know where questions like that come from." I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "You know where you know." I said, "No, I, I really have no idea." And he said, "No, you know, you're just you know you're kind of anti." And I said, "Well, anti what?" And it went on like that. God, was he frustrated? Remember what he did on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson? Hmm. Came came out and sat in the chair, and he says to Carson. You know, Johnny, there's this big story going around that I'm worth $500 million and went home last night and my wife was looking through the couch cushions. Huh, what? <laughs> is that your big joke for the night, is it? Well, you know that just before he went on, he called 14 writers. I need something for Carson tonight. <laughs> yeah, probably true. But why would you ever say, the rumor has it that I'm worth $500 million? Why would you even say that? People are going to like you better because you have 500 million bucks? Well, I guess he was just setting up the joke. But nowadays, by the way, that 500 million would be about 5 billion. <laughs> right. Because that was a long time. Oh, he'd ago. be a billionaire today. Oh, he absolutely would. Yeah. Who, whoever bought that saddle house that he had in Palm Springs? Oh, the one that just hangs like right over the mountain? Yeah, it looks like a saddle. Kinda. Yeah, yeah. I wonder who ended up buying that house. That house was hideous. Yeah, I don't even know how you'd get to it. <clears throat> yeah, you're right because it was not easy to get to. But he, everybody had to know that that was Bob Hope's house. Oh, sure, house. yeah, he made sure. He did. He made sure you knew that that's his house, I know for sure. Yeah, he seemed like a real dick. But I guess Bing Crosby was a bigger prick than he was. was he? I, yeah, the, the Bing stories are incredible. Oh, what a those. horrible Houston. What a horrible person. Well, who the hell was I think it was David Letterman that interviewed one of his sons, one of Bing Crosby's sons. was like Hank Crosby or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't remember his name. doesn't matter. 
But uh, you could tell by looking at the young, young Bing Crosby son, he'd been road hard and put away yeah. wet, baby. And they mm. sat and drank the whole time. He was drinking on camera Aye. and died just a, a few months later. But I think, I think it was David Letterman, or maybe it was, maybe it was somebody else, was interviewing him. And he said, well, what do you, I mean, how do you get by suffering so mightily? Because he hated his father. said his father beat him constantly, treated him like dirt. In front, he would embarrass him in front of, humiliate him in front of other people on purpose. He said, you know, after all that stuff, I think about it, and I got to be honest with you, David. I, you got to believe in something. And I believe I'll have another drink. Oh, <laughs> oh man. I mean, I almost wept for grace. Uh, yes. It's like, Jesus. Well, it's it's, it's, hard to it's take. obviously not easy to be the son of a huge celebrity. Although Andy no. turned out just fine. Andy Dick? Uh, no, your son. Oh yeah, my son. Yeah. Huge celebrity. <laughs> yes. Twin uh, City celebrity for I, sure. Yeah, I that's a good point. Hall of Famer? Yeah. Don't you have to go away now? Come on, it's just getting fun. I was piling on. What do you mean? <laughs> piling on. Hey, it works for me. That that works. No question about it. Yeah, I don't. I I'm not a big fan of people. You know, I can't believe how much money I have. Well, good for you. I'm happy for you. Yeah. Right. I I don't know that that whole generation was a different kettle of fish, though. You go from all those, you know, one to another. All those people. I'll tell you, you how poor me? I am. I have four dollars in my pocket, and the reason I say I'm poor is because if I was rich, I wouldn't have any money in my pocket. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Why, why would you ever carry money with you? Right? Yeah. How dare you carry money? <laughs> no currency, Mike. They, uh, yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's just a habit, you know. I want to ask you that, guys, just because I've been told my whole life, and I don't know if it's true or not, but it certainly might be true, that there are certain credit card companies that have a very special credit card that obviously has a very low interest rate and a very high, like, unlimited level that mm-hmm. you can use, and you have to have a certain amount of money to get one of these. Have you ever heard of this? Yeah, Amex has a black card. Yeah, they have a black card. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I've known a few people that had a black card. Um, and that's unlimited and all the rest of it too, right? It is, yeah. Uh, this one, I guess, is, I don't know who puts it out or whatever, but I guess you have to be like a very, very, very wealthy person to even have one of these. Mm-hmm. So would it be, now I'm a liberal, of course, so I'm going to be chastised by my friends. <clears throat> Wait a minute. After all these years, I discovered <laughs> you're yeah, I'm, a liberal? I'm coming out of the closet now. <laughs> <laughs> but I was going to say, does, does Mexico have a green card? Oh, I wonder if they do, because you I never see them at the air. I, yeah. I probably, that could be a career ender for me. What's wrong if they have a green card in Mexico? There's I, a black card in America and I, a green card know. in Mexico. I, just, I worry about these things. So how are we doing? What do you got, about 12, 13 million coming across now? How are we doing? <laughs> how are we going to pay for that? Well, uh, how do we pay for anything? That's what I'm saying. We can't pay for anything. That's exactly what I'm saying. Well, get yourself one of them black Amex cards. There's no limit. Yeah, that's right. Just here. Yeah. here you go. Do we really care, though? I've, I've always, like, we always talk about the debt, right, and all that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like we really care about it. Well, we the, talk about it. The problem we have with that by not caring about it is they use it against us at times like they did in 2008. That's sure. exactly what well, happened. All the hedge fund people... Their stuff came crashing down, and no, we're not going to dump that on you. We're going to dump it on the citizens. Yeah, that's true. That's very. That's exactly what they do, and it, well, I hope never, it doesn't happen again. They're never going to balance the budget. No. And and one of the, one there's a lot of reasons. One of them is that we'll always create stupid wars. Yes. And they're very expensive. And the other one is 
Well, well, because of the way that our politics work, we're never going to be able to tax the richest people and corporations. No, never going to happen. No, you're absolutely right. They don't pay any taxes. No. They don't have, they got nice write-offs apparently. Well, they they know how to do it. Uh, And and every damn one of our politicians in this country backs them up 100%. I don't care if it's a Democrat or a Republican. They're all kissing ass like there's no tomorrow because they get a piece of the pie. Yeah, because they they need a lot of money to run for office. Yeah, they do. But even when they're, even like, even even the ones who have solid seats who can never be defeated, even they... Have to have to accumulate hundreds of millions. Yeah, of they dollars. do. No, you're absolutely right. There's no question about. I, mean, I don't that. know if it's just a habit, or uh, they just like the thought of it. But you know, you got you got half. I would say at least half the people in the House of Representatives never have to spend a penny. Oh no, God no, not at all. They just keep stacking up the dollars yeah. on the day they retire and they're good to go. You know, you look back. Instead of getting the radio, why didn't we get into politics? If we can bullshit at such a high level, why didn't we get into politics? That would have been smart. Because at the time, for a long time, it seemed, I I think, like it took a certain skill set, right? Like, Mm -hmm. it's changed now. Now it's like, holy cow, I could do that. I think at one time, it it seemed like it would be hard work. Now it's like, well, it's some hard work, but you know what? It really pays off if you do it right, because you're right about that. Like, I mean, if, if you get yourself in the in what I guess they would probably call the inner sanctum. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Turn that faucet on, baby. Oh, a lot of money true. to be had. You're right. Lots of money to be made. Hey, and the only time you really could get more more money out of the public, uh, more money from, actually, more money from billionaires would be to be on the Supreme Court. That's, done. well, that's going that, that that to work, He's living Mike. the life, isn't he? All that's of them tough are. work, though, Mike. I can't do that one. What's that? that that's tough. Yeah. Like that takes a ton of going to school, education, going up the ranks. Too much work for me right there. Yeah. Have we ever been in a situation where the current president and the former president were both being investigated for felonies? Has that ever happened before? Maybe it has. I guess. Does anybody know? One's a Republican, so. one's a Democrat. Well, I thought it was just the uh, the current president's son who was being investigated. Oh, no, they're him. investigating him now. They found some uh, documents that prove he set up some money-making scam. Mm. Now, mm. why do you never want to believe when it's about a Democrat? Why is that? Quack, quack. They're just as filthy as the Republicans. <laughs> well, they quack. just are. I just, uh, reading conventional newspapers, I have not gotten that impression. What The impression I've gotten is that the Republicans are searching and searching, but they haven't come out with anything about Joe. Now, his son, yes. Of course no, they have come out with something about Joe yesterday. Well, who has? Uh, what's his name? The guy that all the whistleblowers turned to. Oh, what the hell's his name? Is a senator. Uh, damn. Grandhome? Not Grandhome. It's something like that. Hmm. But it was just revealed on the news last night. All right, night. well, I'll have to look into that. But, I mean, and that's one thing I will tell you about political people that tie into one party they have a very hard time believing anything negative about their party. And that's both parties, and that's many people I know. Yeah. Well, there's, I mean, there's always going to be corruption. But the point is, there's corruption, and then there's corruption. I mean, we reached a, a high. I mean, when you when you actually are, are a president and you try to destroy democracy, how do you top that, Tom? Well, don't they all? Uh, well. Who supports democracy? Who's the last president Well, I mean, democracy? when you actually try to overturn the will of the people— when you say, this election doesn't count because I lost. Who else ever did that? No, I understand. And I, I still will never understand why the hell that moron did that. 
that was the beginning of the end of, of me even looking at supporting him. Well, I told you the last election, I didn't even vote for him. Yeah. You know, I, look. But, but I, I do don't, admire the fact that you had, had lunch with the guy. To ha- I'm not going to turn I would have done that. Of course you would have, because yeah. you don't turn down having no. lunch with the president of the United States, for Christ's sake. <laughs> Hell no. Everybody, what'd you do that for? Because he's the president, for Christ's sake, and he invited me to lunch. Yeah. If Biden called today, I'd go to lunch, even though I can't stand him. I'd go to lunch with the president again. Sure. I didn't, you know, I don't like Trump, and I don't like Biden. Now, wait a minute, maybe I wouldn't go to lunch with either of them. <laughs> I'm not See, sure. you're fair, though, Tom. <laughs> you see, that that's the important thing. So to, to back up your question, though, um... In retrospect, how many potential presidents should have been investigated? All, all, but all we of never, them. But we never <laughs> thought of it. Yeah. All of them. Well, and the, you and, know, and the media were different, of course, in, in yes. those days. They, you know, like you look at JFK's uh, uh, sex life, for example. Oh, yeah. Which, which in itself, you might say, well, you know, okay, that's, that's, you know, we don't get into that. But his sex life led to him being compromised by the mafia. Absolutely it did. So that's the kind of thing you might want to write about. No, you're absolutely but right nobody about would that. did. No, they did not because they, they cover up for their own people. Yeah. And they'll never stop doing that. And that's why they get away with so much corruption and crime. They just yeah. do. I know one thing. If I was ever accused of a, of a felony, and I'm too tired to ever do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're not going to work that hard. I would want, I would want Joey Taco on my side. Oh, yeah. Joey Taco. Yeah. Is, that, is that Trump's attorney yeah, now? Yeah. Joey Taco. Joey Taco. <laughs> is that really his name now? No, his name is like Joseph Tacopina. I think it's Tacopina. But, but yeah. I'm pretty sure they all call Joey him Joey Taco. Taco sounds like a mobster. <laughs> well, absolutely. Well, well it sounds certainly like he's mobbed does. up. And he behaves hey, like a mobster. <laughs> Joey. <laughs> Uh, I think it's hilarious. It's, That's all it's I entertaining. To you got to admit. Yeah, but we're all paying the paying well, the tab. Is, That's yeah, the problem. That, yeah. We're all paying for all this stuff. Well, these pigs just keep raking it in. Yep. And well, once again, could you maybe do something to help the people instead of yourself for once? What do you think? I or mean, you know, and now you've become the idealist. Yeah, apparently I'm <laughs> bad way precedent over the there, top. Tom. Bad precedent. You do not want to start <clears throat> to help the people because then where do you stop? I suppose you'll always be helping people. What a horrible thing. No, I always got to help you. I, gave you. I did one solid for you, what now you want three. Thing. Who was the genius who came up? I think I know the answer, but who was the genius who came up with the trickle-down theory? The trickle-down. It was First, Ronald Reagan. First, we all get rich, and then other people will eventually be able to eat. That was a buddy of Ronald Reagan's, I think, if yeah, I remember was, correctly. I'm trying to remember the, the supply-side economics I guy. I cannot remember who that was. Uh, it'll come to me. Isn't that sad? Yeah. But I do remember as a little boy... And I heard that, uh, that uh, what the hell was his name again? The guy from Hannibal, Missouri, president. Oh, Truman? Truman, yeah. Uh, when to cover his own ass, he put Social Security in the general fund. And I thought, even as a little boy, I went, well, that's not right. You can't take other people's money to pay your bills. But then I found out, oh, yes, they can and do all the time. Yeah. It's, it's too bad. Judd, uh, holy Christ, you're going to get fired from your other job if we no, don't. No, no, no. Pat's sick, so I'm fine. <laughs> what? He's got a cold. So the, Royce's got Royce's a cold. Royce's got a so cold. He do today, so yeah, I, th- I figured I'd hang around. It's great. I want him to call me today and go, hey, Tom, it's fast. <laughs> all stuffed up. Be wondering. God, I haven't talked to Pat in years. I bring him on. Him I, I, we should bring him on. Bring the show, him on. He's part of the family. Yeah. Very right. smart guy. Very, very smart. Hubbard man. family. Indeed. Well, yeah, if you, uh, next time you talk to him, ask him if he has any interest in doing that, because we'd love Absolutely. to have him on. There's no question. All these people. 
Mm-hmm. I'm going to call Harry Truman, see if he wants to come on. What do you think? <laughs> I, I like it. Why not? Worth a shot. It all works for me. All right, Pally. Well, I will talk to you on what Tuesday. Yeah, we'll text soon, though, to, to complain about the <laughs> Like Twins, every man. day. <laughs> yeah, it's Judd like, what, the Griffin Jacks. If Griffin <laughs> Jacks is still on this team on Saturday, I'm going to text you and say, I agree. WTF. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't right. agree with you more. Thanks, Have I'm a Judd. good weekend. Judd's all good, ladies and gentlemen. Score North, of course. We'll take a break. Be right back in just a couple of minutes. You know, I've been saying I've been losing weight, and I've got to tell you I'm really impressed with the program offered by MN Fat Loss. Yeah, because it doesn't... You know, some of those programs make you feel guilty about what you're doing. This program does not do that. The team at MN Fat Loss has figured out the secret to losing up to one pound of fat every day. I've lost now 15 pounds since I started. I've only been on the program a couple of weeks, few weeks now, I guess. I'm feeling healthier and I got more energy. The program is safe and it's effective. You know me, I'm not going to count points or eat pack- prepackaged meals or I'm certainly not going to go through hypnosis. Seriously, folks, if you want to lose 20 to 30 pounds in a month or two, yeah, so I'm right on, right on path. I'll be somewhere between 20 and 30 pounds by the, by the month or two. There's no question about that. You really ought to check out the program at mnfatloss.com. That's mnfatloss.com. Of course, results may vary, but I'm losing the weight. I feel great. I've lost 15 pounds. If you want to find out the secret to losing 15 pounds in just a couple of weeks, few weeks maybe, about a pound of fat every day, no exercise required, schedule a free consultation. All you got to do is call 763-312-7600 online at mnfatloss.com. Be sure to tell them Tom Bernard said to give mnfatloss.com a call. Tom Bernard here. You might not know this about me and about my family, but we're kind of Nissan strong. I say that because I own a Nissan Altima from Walzer Nissan, and I love it. My son Andy owns a Nissan Rogue Sport from Walzer Nissan, and my daughter-in-law Melissa, yep, you guessed it, drives a Nissan Kicks and carts grandson Ethan safely around town, also purchased at Walzer Nissan. You want to know who else is Nissan strong in the Twin Cities? Walzer Nissan and their trifecta of stores. Down south, GM Dan Resch at Walzer Nissan in Burnsville. West of the Metro, just off Highway 12 and Wyzetta Boulevard, is Casey Novotny's Walzer Nissan Wyzetta, and in Coon Rapids, north side of Highway 10 and Round Lake Boulevard, Jay Buck runs the show at his Nissan store. This month, you could test drive the all-new affordable Nissan Aria, all-new electric crossover SUV at all three Nissan stores. When you do, don't forget to let them know the Tom Bernard family sent you Nissan strong and loyal like me and my family. Even if you're just Nissan curious, go to walzer.com and select the Walzer Nissan store nearest you. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. You know, one thing I got to point out that I really do like is the fact that Mike and I just had an exchange. There are a lot of things that Mike and I don't agree on politically. And on the other side, I have several friends that tend to lean, you know, right and see, uh, you know, very little wrong with their deal. And I can talk to all of you and we don't start screaming at each other. We don't have to agree. I hate this when you disagree with somebody's politics and they start screaming at you. It's like, why are you yelling at me about your (laughs) politics? I don't get it. Well, there's always that mentality some people have where if you scream louder than the other person, that makes you right. Yeah, no, that it's what's going on in America right now with about 10% on the right and 10% on the left. That they was just the, scream at everybody. And that was, of course, that was the fundamental concept behind, uh, behind the, some of the early cable shows, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, where you know, you'd have, you know, what was the one show where you'd have a liberal and a Democrat and they'd yell at each other. Oh, uh, yeah, and that was, it was... What was that? Was it was Gore it? Vidal, wasn't it, that was on the show, I well, believe. He was on one of them, I know. Yeah, I, I think, the one I'm thinking of, was it, was it on Fox? 
Is that where it started? Possibly. I can't remember. You know, so though there's a name that I haven't thought of in a while, but that's one of the things that I love about this job and my life and, you know, exposing myself to different thoughts. I had a very nice, it was phone. I never met him in person, talked to him many, many times. Used to talk to him on the phone all the time. And I think I mentioned this before, that Gore Vidal came, became kind of a friend of mine. Yeah. And we agreed on nothing, but he was a brilliant <laughs> oh, man. Oh, very smart guy. Holy yeah. God, was he smart. He had certain uh, prejudices that... Uh, yes, he did. That That's... were kind of right, <laughs> just crazy. That is true. Very, a fascinating guy, though. He really Oh, was. yeah, yeah. So that's that whole deal. But I mean, you know, I, I got people like that around my life. You know, that I, I there there are some people like I would take you and that person. I would never introduce you to one another because you know it, you would find zero common ground. Yeah, well, that's that's uh, that's not as boring, at least, as when true people, people have uh, have nothing but common ground. You know, I mean, yeah, that's I, true. And I, I do a podcast every every week, you know, ten or fifteen minutes with with Bob, Bob Sanser. Sanny. And you know, he's he's pretty, pretty far to the right of me. He's pretty conservative. But yeah. we never have an argument. No, Sanny's a great guy. Yeah. And that's the whole thing. I just take it, you know, I just think you're you're all nuts. That's well, what right. I think. You know. But it does get very boring to be around people who agree with you all the time. I couldn't agree more. You're absolutely right. I don't want to hang out with everybody I agree with. There, I can learn nothing. Right. All right. So, yeah, I just wanted to thank you for that because I, I do like the fact that I have all these different friendships and relationships, and I don't – I can't think of the last time I went, I'm not hanging around with them anymore. Forget it. Well, there's a lot of that. Oh, there's a lot of that going on right now. And that's one of the reasons why, for example, they're never going to come to terms with this whole with the whole debt crisis thing because no. you've got a lot of people who have decided that they would rather destroy the economy then yep. give in. No, you're right. And those are the you're people who right. never have to compromise because those are the people who have that that job for life. They do. So it's all about them. I, you know, I think it, it's so it kind of starts with gerrymandering is what it does. Yeah. So we're going to create this district and you can be as far out there as you want to be. Because all you have to do is get the nomination. You're there for life. Yeah. And it used to be that there was a requirement that people compromise. Back in the day, well, Shannon, would you quiet down, please? You keep interrupting. I'm us. sorry. I'm just. I have so much to say. <laughs> well, I want to hear it. What do you have to say? <laughs> Nothing right now. <laughs> you said you have so much to say. <laughs> so we open the door. I missed. I missed my opportunity. I want you look. Do me a favor and find better friends. Okay. Would you please? I will. I mean, really, I Brittany is your friend. Yeah, for a long time. What the hell kind she really of? She just gets in there. What kind of choice is that? <laughs> you know what I mean. It's kind of like Stockholm Syndrome. We've been <laughs> around <laughs> each other for so long. That's it's what just... it is, Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for another show. So Mike will be on with the family coming up in about uh, an hour. You know, next week, the show that show's moving to 1015. It they, is. They, oh, they didn't tell you that? No. I thought Andy's got a hold of you. No. Yeah, so when you're done with this show, all you got to do is wait around 10, 15 oh, more like minutes. Oh, I like that. Oh, yeah, that's why we're doing it, as a matter of fact. Yeah. So we're gonna, the show's going to go from 10.15 to 11.15, but we're also going to do a Friday show, so it's not going to be an hour and a half anymore. It's going to be an hour because mm-hmm. we're adding that hour on Friday. That works. Works for me. So, yeah, I want to let you know that next week you'll be sitting right where you are until we'll talk for 10, 15 minutes and then do the other show. I'm really like looking it. forward to that. All right, that's everything? That's everything. I will talk to you tomorrow.